As much as some fans may hate it, professional wrestling and mixed martial arts are indelibly intertwined. There's a reason a bunch of well-known wrestlers have done high-profile MMA and not, say, tennis. And while a lot of those fights ended up being really, really bad, the formation of mixed martial arts owes a great deal to professional wrestling. So today we're going to take a look at a few wrestlers who made the jump from the squared circle to the octagon, and or another squared circle, and didn't just give it the old college try, but actually had some level of success, or in some cases, made huge impacts on mixed martial arts. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and boom, Venom has arrived. That's right, MMA On Point is now officially partnered with Venom, the new exclusive outfitters of the UFC. This means you can use the code MMA On Point at checkout on Venom.com to scoop up 10% off every and all Venom gear, clothing, equipment, UFC fight gear, all at the click of a button. More on that later, but for now, here are 10 pro wrestlers that actually had successful MMA careers. Number 10, Shinsuke Nakamura. We kick off our list with the most modest of successes, but when you're talking about 10 pro wrestlers who did well in MMA, well, one or two may not exactly be world champions. The King of Strong Style has legit bonafides in the real fight world, though. Even if his time competing was brief, Shinsuke Nakamura is a legend on the pro wrestling scene. He was the youngest ever IWGP heavyweight champion, the five-time and longest reigning IWGP intercontinental champion. Honestly, his accolades are too numerous to list. The guy made the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame a million years ago, and he's still an active member of the WWE roster. As a white-hot rookie for New Japan Pro Wrestling, Nakamura was quickly ascending to the top and near the end of his first year in the promotion, decided to start training Valley Tudo, as strong style wrestlers are known to do from time to time, and said, fuck it, let's just go ahead and have a pro fight. He would lose to Daniel Gracie in his debut on the New Year's Eve show at Inoki Bumbaye 2002 via second round armbar. But I mean, losing to a Gracie in your first fight after a few months of training, it's understandable. In 2003, Shinsuke would have three bouts scoring back-to-back -back submission wins, one in Brazil for Jungle Fight, before his biggest test as a pro and the reason he made our list. Alexei Ignashov at K1 Premium 2003 Dynamite. Ignashov is a multi-time Muay Thai World Champion and has won three K1 Grand Prix tournaments. He was the 2000 ISKA World Heavyweight Champ. He had big hype coming into MMA, and then he met Shinsuke. Their first encounter would end with a TKO finish in the third, but after protest by Nakamura's team that the stoppage was early, the bout was ruled a no contest, and so that next May they ran it back, and this time Shinsuke won via forearm choke in the second. Ignashov had seen enough MMA and went back to sports where he couldn't get submitted. Unfortunately, Nakamura Nakamura didn't further pursue an MMA career after that, but his defeat of Ignashov, given how little experience he had in combat sports, puts him over Jake Hager's Bellator run thus far, or the questionable legitimacy of Ogawa's wins. Number 9. Bobby Lashley when you see an absolute unit like Bobby Lashley, your assumption is that he's all flash, no fire, but those aren't popcorn muscles. Lashley was a legitimate amateur wrestling talent, winning three NAIA national championships in college and placing third in the USA World Team Trials in 2003. Training in Colorado for a shot at the 2004 Olympic team, an injury sustained diving for cover from bullets shot by bank robbers ended his career. Seriously? Seriously. Two years later, he would begin his run with the WWE, and while he had some success, three years in, Lashley would be let go. It's at that point that he would begin his pursuit of mixed martial arts, in addition to continuing his career as a pro wrestler elsewhere, most notably TNA. Brock Lesnar had just made his UFC debut, and hoping for similar success, Bobby began training at American Top Team. He would make his debut less than a year later, where he scored a 41-second TKO win due to a doctor stoppage. After five straight victories that included Bob Sapp and Wes Sims, Lashley would suffer his first defeat to UFC veteran Chad Griggs at Strikeforce Houston, 
his only other career loss coming at the hands of James Thompson in 2012, a loss he would avenge in Bellator, where he would score five victories in a row. Now back in the WWE, and as of this writing, a world title holder, Lashley has mentioned recently he would still like to compete. At 44 years old, that window is closing, but if he never fights again, he leaves the sport with a respectable 15-2 record. Number 8. Kazuyuki Fujita an AMI wrestler turned pro in 1996, Kazuyuki Fujita joined New Japan three years earlier to begin his training under the legendary Antonio Inoki. Three years in, he was a promising up-and-comer, but wasn't sure he would ever be a top star and requested to go to rings where they had begun doing real bouts. At the last second, Inoki put a stop to the move and sent Fujita off for a year to train for MMA so he could join Pride. By 2001, he was 6-1 with wins over Mark Kerr. He was the first to ever technically defeat him, by the way, Ken Shamrock and Gilbert Ivel. He then returned to New Japan a bonafide badass, and with the cred of his MMA run, moved from the mid-card to being the IWGP heavyweight champion three times, while simultaneously keeping his MMA career going and running the absolute gauntlet. Kaz would fight and lose to Mark Coleman, Mirko Krokop twice, Fedor, Vandy, Alistair Overeem before Nevada started testing him, even fought Yuri Prohaska in 2016 at Ryzen and got KO'd for old time's sake. He was only the second man to beat Bob Sapp though, so add another feather to the cap. A fan favorite for his heart and willingness to fight anyone, Fujita is a certified Japanese MMA legend, despite going 18 and 14 in his career. A testament to how well he endeared himself to the fans with his performances and fearlessness while up against the best of the best. Number 7. Kiyoshi Tamura A catch wrestler under the tutelage of the legendary Luthez, Kiyoshi Tamura was always phenomenal technically. Named the best technical wrestler in the 1998 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards, in fact. For Tamura, pro wrestling was about the wrestling. Everything else was secondary. A standout in the UWFI, at one point Kiyoshi was believed to be the next top star for the promotion. But by the mid-90s, pro wrestling in Japan became more gimmicky, and following a loss to Super Vader that rubbed him the wrong way, in addition to the rise of Pancrase and Rings, Tamura, who had had a few mixed rules shoot bouts in his past, notably beating Patrick Smith at K1 Hercules, joined rings and made mixed martial arts his focus. While some of his early rings work may be of questionable validity, his wins over the likes of Dave Manet, Henzo Gracie, Jeremy Horn, and Pat Militich are not. He even took Frank Shamrock to a draw at the height of his UFC light heavyweight title run. Kiyoshi wouldn't fare as well in pride, but the dude was fighting monsters. Vanderlei Silva, Minotaro Noguera, Bob Sapp when he still cared about fighting. He would end his career with a pair of impressive victories, albeit late in their MMA runs, against Mazakata Tsufunaki, and Kazushi Sakuraba. Weird to say that your MMA career was caused by Vader, but we love a weird sport. Number 6. Brock Lesnar Perhaps a controversial position for such a huge success, but the remainder of the list so massively impacted and contributed to the sport overall, it's hard to place Brock any higher. After murdering his way to the NCAA D1 National Championship in 2000, Lesnar signed with the WWE and would become the youngest champion in the promotion's history at 25 years old. Two years and three world titles later, Brock had had enough of life on the road and the brutal work schedule, so he quit, got a dick sword tattoo, and tried out for the NFL. Who cares if he didn't play in college? He's Brock fucking Lesnar, he can do anything he wants. The Minnesota Vikings picked him up, but by the end of the preseason, could only offer him a spot on their NFL Europa squad. Brock didn't want to leave the U.S., so he declined and decided to leave the U.S. to do pro wrestling in Japan. That doesn't make sense. But that got old too, so he gave MMA a try. After debuting against Minsu Kim at the 2007 Dynamite USA show, Lesnar entered the UFC and only three fights later was heavyweight champion, scoring wins over Frank Mir, Randy Couture, Shane Carwin, and becoming at the time the biggest pay-per-view draw ever. The Beast Incarnate's reign would be marred by diverticulitis though, and only last for two title defenses before losing back-to-back -back bouts to Cain Velasquez and Alistair Overeem. Lacking the desire to compete anymore, Lesnar took his MMA fame with him back to the WWE, where he's been working a cushy schedule for a ton of money ever since, but for his disastrous inclusion on the UFC 200 card. He's currently retired, but you never know when it comes to Brock Lesnar. Number 5 and number 4, Mazakatsu Funaki and Minoru Suzuki. 
Up next, we have two Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame pro wrestlers who also helped give form to mixed martial arts during its primordial gestation. I can't really talk about one without the other, as they're so closely intertwined, so this is going to be a double-wide entry. Minoru Suzuki and Masakatsu Funaki would go on to be the founders of Pancrase, a crucial early promotion that would help form MMA into what it is today. But that's down the line, let's talk about their pro wrestling careers and why it led them to creating the organization. Funaki hit the pro wrestling scene first of the two, skipping high school and making his debut at just 15 years old for New Japan. Three years later, Suzuki would make his debut for NJPW as well. The two would be fast friends and under the tutelage of Yoshiaki Fujiwara, become world-class catch wrestlers. Fujiwara was a student of Carl Gotch, the hugely influential trainer who helped give birth to the more realistic version of pro wrestling in Japan, often referred to as shoot style. Some of his pupils would go on to create the Universal Wrestling Federation, a more serious and realistic product than New Japan. Suzuki and Funaki would eventually be taken by their mentor Fujiwara to the second iteration of that promotion, known as Newborn UWF. When the Japanese financial crisis forced their doors closed, Yoshiaki formed his own organization called Pro Wrestling Fujiwara Gumi. In the next few years, two crucial events would take place. The first, Minoru and Masakatsu witnessing a legit bout between Ken Shamrock and Don Nakaya Nielsen at the Tokyo Dome in 1992. Shamrock would win via a key lock in just 45 seconds, but the bout proved a pivotal turning point as the two wrestlers had always been told that the Japanese audience wouldn't pay to watch real fights. And yet this bout seemed seemed to captivate the crowd. The second major moment would be when Fujiwara partnered with Universal Lucha Libre, a promotion that favored the more Western style of flashy pro wrestling. These two events would be enough for Suzuki and Funaki to form Pancrase in 1993, a wrestling promotion that would be pure shoot style with no predetermined outcomes. Both fighters would compete on the very first show, Minoru winning his bout via submission and Funaki losing his to Ken Shamrock, who they brought along with them from Fujiwara Gumi. Suzuki would go on to become King of Pancrase once and score wins over the likes of Ken Shamrock, Guy Mesker, Matt Hume, and Maurice Smith. Funaki would twice be crowned King of Pancrase and defeat Boss Rutten, Semi Schilt, Yuki Kondo, Guy Mesker, and both Shamrocks, among plenty of others. The two would compete against each other once in 1994, with Mazakatsu scoring the win via rear naked choke. After their massively important MMA contributions, the pair would go back to pro wrestling and become legends in that realm as well. Number 3. Dan Severn a two-time U.S. Olympic wrestling team alternate, Dan Severn was nothing to fuck with, and that legit background was exactly the type of thing Japanese pro wrestling promotions like UWFI wanted. Severn began working for the promotion in 1992 after being trained by Alan Sarvin, better known today as Al Snow, who would also train Dan for his UFC debut and cornered him. I'm not kidding. After a few years on the Japanese and U.S. pro wrestling scenes, Severn was starting to make a name for himself, but he'd always felt slighted by his Olympic experience and still had the desire to compete. The newly founded UFC was the answer, and so at 36, Dan decided to throw his hat into the MMA ring, the first ever fighter with a wrestling background like his in the promotion. After five days of prep with Al Snow, again I'm not kidding, Severn entered the UFC 4 tournament and famously came up short to Hoist Gracie in the final. From here, his pro wrestling and MMA careers would parallel each other. Dan would become a legend in both. Most notably, he held the NWA world title for four years, and of course was an MMA pioneer, winning two UFC tournaments and holding the Super Fight Champion in addition to competing for the first ever UFC heavyweight title. At 62, Severn still occasionally does pro wrestling shows and ended his MMA career with 127 professional bouts. That is a big number. Number two, Ken Shamrock. 
The story of Ken Shamrock starts on the football field. Ken was a standout in high school and played four years at a junior college before going semi-pro and eventually being offered a tryout with the San Diego Chargers. But Shamrock was fascinated by professional wrestling, and so in 1988, he joined up with Atlantic Coast Wrestling and learned the craft under Buzz Sawyer and Gene Anderson. Ken would eventually find himself trying out for the Japanese shoot-style promotion UWF, and that's where things would take a turn. Sometimes competing in worked matches and occasionally having legit bouts, Shamrock became a skilled shoot fighter and was super popular. He would follow fellow shooters Mazakatsu Funaki and Minoru Suzuki from UWF to pro wrestling Fujiwara Gumi before eventually leaving the scene with them as they founded Pan Crace. Ken competed in the first show's main event, defeating Funaki, and thus would begin his legendary MMA career. The first ever champion, he would win the King of Pan Crace tournament in 1994. He, of course, competed in UFC 1, founded the Lion's Den, one of the proto-MMA teams. He was the super fight champion and a massively important figure in mixed martial arts for the better part of 15 years. Ken took his first retirement from from the sport in 1996, where he would join up with the WWF and have a memorable run during the Attitude Era before returning to MMA and headlining the pivotal UFC 40 event. While his later career has soured him to some, there's no denying the impact he had on the sport and pro wrestling. Number 1. Kazushi Sakuraba all Kazushi Sakuraba ever wanted to be since he was a kid was a pro wrestler. He even considered dropping out of high school to join New Japan like Funaki, but instead would see it through and become a pretty badass amateur wrestler at the collegiate level. A fan of the shoot style, Sakuraba considered Pan Crace, but instead signed up with UWFI, a promotion known for their reputation as having the most legit shooters, where he would learn catch wrestling and Muay Thai. For the next three years, Kazushi would work his way up the ranks while honing his skills before a feud with New Japan damaged the promotion's drawing power, causing Yoji Anjo to famously fly to California to challenge Hicks and Gracie, only to get battered and further destroy the idea that UWFI had the toughest guys in pro wrestling. The promotion folded, and from it was born Kingdom Pro Wrestling. The problem remained, though. Shoot wrestlers who long had the reputation as legit fighters were now being questioned due to the burgeoning MMA scene, and so Kingdom had Hiromatsu Kanihara and Yoji Anjo entered the UFC's Ultimate Japan Heavyweight Tournament. When Kanihara was injured in training, Sakuraba was asked to step up, even though he was nowhere near near 200 pounds. Despite a bit of controversy in the semifinals due to a bad stoppage, Kazushi would go on to win the tournament and thus begin his legendary run in mixed martial arts. Sakuraba was the most popular Japanese talent in Pride by far, as well as the first from the nation to defeat a Gracie since 1951. His classic feud with the family saw him defeat four members, giving Hoist Gracie his first ever defeat. He competed for the inaugural Pride middleweight title against Vanderlei Silva, defeated four UFC champions during their time in Pride, and tied minutes Noguera for the most submission wins in the promotion's history. He's a member of the UFC Hall of Fame, as well as the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Sakuraba is an absolute legend, and of course, number one on our list. A huge shout out to our guys over at Venom for kidding us out. This means you can now use the code MMA on point to secure 10% off every and all Venom gear. I'm talking about shirts, hoodies, caps. I'm talking about gloves, guards, bags. I'm talking about official UFC fight gear using our exclusive code MMA on point. Join us this weekend for a live fight companion for the very first UFC Venom event. It's gonna be a banger. Huge shout out to Max Randall for editing this video together. Follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.